0: Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now the message from Pastor Caleb. Well good. Today is Palm Sunday. You ready? We're going we're going we're going. We're going there now. Today is Palm Sunday. You know what that means? You know what that means? That is the, it's recognized that by Christians that this is the time that Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem. Not like any other time. It was different because people were treating Jesus a little differently. I'll stay up here for a while. The reason they were treating Jesus a little differently is because he had just performed an amazing miracle. Probably the most amazing miracle up to this point. And that was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Been dead a while. So long that he had begun to stink. Decomposition of his body was taking place and all this nasty stuff. He, the Bible said he stunk. It already begin to stink. And Jesus comes by to Mary and to Martha. They think he's there late. He was there right on time. And he calls out, Lazarus, come forth. Sorry about that, little baby. <laughs> okay, let me try this. Baby, go back to sleep. Right? Okay. <laughs> Lazarus come forth. And you know what happened? He comes up. The Bible says he's bound up with this, this, this uh, the cloth that they use on a body that has passed away. And, and he's coming out, hopping out of this tomb. Well, a crowd begins to follow Jesus after that moment, don't you reckon? They, they know something is different about Jesus. He's more than just a teacher, more than just a rabbi, more than just a preacher. They're really beginning to think, maybe he is the Son of God. Uh, maybe this, this, this man is royalty. They begin to treat him as such, and he comes in, he he tells his disciples after this moment, they eat supper, uh, some time goes by, but then he's going to Jerusalem. He tells his disciples, you get me a donkey. They get him a donkey. It's all prepared and ready to go. Jesus goes into the city of Jerusalem. A crowd is all around him. This is Palm Sunday. Crowd is all around him. They begin to take their clothes and lay it out in front of of Jesus and and, and his donkey, and and he's, he's going, kind of like the red carpet and they're laying out their clothes and they're laying out branches and they're shouting, Hosanna in the highest. Giving him praise, recognizing him as the son of God, son of David. He comes into the city of Jerusalem. These same voices, mind you though, that were praising him, would be the same voices a week later that would say, crucify him. Let me just say this, and this is just, if you survive off of people's praise, you'll be crushed by their criticism. And that's just free. They were praising Jesus. This is Palm Sunday, entering into the city of Jerusalem. But what I want you to look at is what happened after he got there. When he gets there, he goes to the temple, right? We'll read it. Matthew chapter 21, verse 12. Jesus went into the temple. And he threw out all those, are you listening to me now? Are you reading it? All those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers. By the way, that's kind of what the title of my message is this morning. The tables have turned. So he goes into this temple and he starts turning over tables. He starts running people out. one, one part of the, the story, people are praising him in the temple. And I told you that, right? There was praise going on as well. Uh, One of the children begin to praise him. Hosanna, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And one of the religious leaders tells that child, shh, be quiet. And then says, Jesus, do you hear what they're saying? Remember what Jesus said? Don't stop that, that child. Out of the mouth of babes come perfected praise. He's in the temple and he's throwing things over. I mean, he's angry. Uh, he turns over tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And then he said to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of thieves. Now, I at a we had a lady at a church that I attended one time. I was on staff there. And she got so upset one Sunday she got really upset. She used this, this, this scripture. Uh, very sweet lady. Very mad lady. Uh, and she was mad because they were selling some shirts or something. I think, I think it was shirts. Selling shirts in the foyer of the church. It wasn't this church. It wasn't my place to try to correct her or to even say anything to her. <laughs> Thank God. It was, I just overheard her. She was very upset and very angry. And she said, y'all have turned this church into a den of thieves. I was curious of why. And then that's when she said, you're selling them shirts or whatever it was in the foyer. Didn't you read in the Bible where Jesus turned over the tables of those who were selling stuff in the temple. Well, I was so ignorant to just go along with her and thought, oh, my God. We're a den of thieves. I'm a thief. You're a thief. We're all thieves. But the older I got and the more I learned about the Bible, that she was out of context because this had nothing really to do. What was Jesus so mad at? They weren't selling shirts in the temple. Welcome to Palm Sunday. Thanks for coming. Get your get your Palm Sunday shirt here. They weren't that's not what they were doing. Why was Jesus so mad? First of all, it was what they were doing. What were they doing? They were selling animals to be sacrificed. Hear me now. Animals to be sacrificed at the temple. And the reason this was a big thing because this is how you worship God. You offered up a sacrifice to God. So here these people were, and, and what they were doing was you come into the temple, and they said, Oh, we just happen to have a qualified, great sacrifice animal right here. He'd make a perfect animal sacrifice for you. But you know what they would do, Jamie? Selling at inflated prices. Now we see this going on at like gas stations. There's somewhere in Orlando, I can't remember, but we if it's going out or going in, it's somewhere around those parks. There's one last gas station, and its gas is $2 higher than everybody else's. Have you seen that? They say, because they—but what they're saying is, if you don't get gas here, baby, you ain't getting gas nowhere. And it's hard to get on all that Orlando traffic and turn around. You got to pay this price, right? Here, that's what those guys in the temple were saying. Hey, you done got to the temple, and I see you don't have an animal to be sacrificed. You're in luck. We, look at this lamb we got right here. Finest lamb you'd ever see, and it's $50 higher than the lamb down the road. He was mad because he wasn't selling shirts. They was mad because they were selling worship. You understand what I'm saying? You can't worship me unless you buy this. Mad, number one. Inflated, exorbitant, crazy prices for animals to be sacrificed to worship God. Number one reason he was mad. Number two, it was where they were doing it at. Where were they doing it at? In the temple. But more specifically, in the outer courts. This is why Jesus was mad. You knew who worshipped in the outer courts? This was the only place that Gentiles could worship was in the outer courts. So what had they done? They had turned the outer courts into a marketplace with crazy prices that said, Gentiles, you don't have nowhere to worship. Do you see now why Jesus was upset? They turned the outer courts, a place of worship, into a marketplace and a dishonest one at that. Am I boring y'all today? Too much information for you? So he goes in and he cleanses the temple, starts turning over tables. I'm telling you, why is this important? What does this have to do with where I'm at today in my life? Well, there are so many scriptures. You want me to read them to you? There's so many scriptures. I'll just tell tell you what they are that talk about the fact that we are the temple of God. We are the temple. Look look, look what it says, 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. I'll just tell them to you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17, 2 Corinthians 6, 16, Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. All of these reference the fact that we are the temple of God. So now I'm going to preach. When we got saved, Jesus came into our temple. And he began to run things out in our temple that should not be in our temple. He began to turn over tables that should not be set up in our lives. You understand, when God comes to live inside of you, he ain't just going to let anything in your house. He's not going to be okay with just any old thing in your house. Temple. I remember one time I uh, don't remember why Josh came to stay with us. Not him. Him. My brother. We were going to let him live there for a short period of time. Not that he couldn't have stayed longer but it was definitely going to be a short period of time. And (laughs) So we take him in. And he stu- I it was me and Holly. That's all it had ever been at that point. You get real comfortable when it's just you and Holly. I mean me and her. You know, not you and Holly. You better not be getting comfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's preaching things harder than you think. Uh, so we were we were used to living together, not us and them but us. And now this might be too much for some of y'all. I, I dare not, I don't know if I should say it or not. You just want me to get in trouble. I, I was used to being by myself and my wife. We're one. You get close to each other. Well, I get, I, I go to the restroom, I sanitized my body shower I don't know why I said try to clean things up <laughs> shower is, there's nothing dirty about that is there took a shower <laughs> sanitized my body <laughs> <laughs> sanitized I don't know I don't know why I said that I don't know why I said that anyway I took a shower and when I got out of the shower I don't remember why I don't know why I don't know what was going on because that's not it not even the point but I get out of the shower and for whatever reason, it's me and Holly. I go over to my nightstand, and I'm just at my nightstand. The doors are open in the house, all of the doors, because it's just me and Holly. It's been like that. Well, for whatever reason, this day, I guess I thought I'd just air dry. <laughs> and and I'm looking. I don't know what I was looking at. I'm right now. It looks like I'm reading my Bible, but I don't think I was. I'm reading my Bible. I was looking at something. I forgot that we had visitor, visitors. It was just me and Holly. All of a sudden, as I'm looking at my nightstand, Jane, and I'm thinking I'm by myself, I hear this manly voice <laughs> with an Adam's apple say. Nice butt. <laughs> I can <didn't> do one. <laughs> Hey, that day I figured some things out. We're gonna start changing the way we do things. As long as Josh is in here, we're gonna make sure the door's shut, the door's locked. Cause they just some things ain't gonna happen in my house. You understand what I'm saying? If I want to air dry in my room, I don't want any bystanders. I don't want nobody telling. You, you see what I'm saying? they're just some things you can't let in your house. Well, I'm just gonna stand like this today, the rest of the day. I'm not turning around or nothing. Just right here. Keep all your jokes to yourself. That story was told for the sake of the gospel. <laughs> I learned that day there was some things that just weren't going to happen because this was my house. And let me tell you something. When the Lord comes to live on the inside of you, he doesn't come to move in, he comes to take over. And he wants to be the Lord of your life. And he makes a, st- there's a standard, it's created, it's started, and it's done and it's finished. And he said, this is my house and this will not be a house of thieves. And this will not be a place where you sell yourself to everything, and you sell everything, and you're a sellout. You know, this is going to be my house, and my house is going to be holy, and there's going to be some things that's going to have to stop at the door. Anybody know what I'm talking about? As a child of God, there's some things that just can't stay here. Because what happens is, when God comes in to your life, you know what he does? He starts flipping over tables. Starts flipping over tables. He says, get this stuff out of my life. Get this stuff out of your life. There's some things I'm not going to deal with. Now, Josh, I'm gonna need you to help me. Josh, come on real quick. He he begins to clean things out, run things out. Bryce, I need you to help me. Start packing, putting these up, putting the boxes back up there. He starts cleaning out house, turning over tables. But you know what? I read where he done this. Twice. John chapter 2, the Bible talks about Jesus going in a temple. You hear me? It don't matter. It, he goes into a temple a second time. Listen to me. All they're doing is putting on boxes. Don't, don't look at me. A second time he goes. And, this is not the first time he cleansed the temple. John chapter 2. Earlier in his ministry, he goes and he cleanses the temple. Said they were selling doves. John chapter 2. And he flips over tables and he runs them out. A second cleansing. And this is my point. When we get saved, God cleanses us, right? He Washes us with his blood, correct? But you know what happens? As time goes by, the very thing that Jesus flipped over in our lives, we begin to stack it back up. Am I talking to anybody right now? You start, what happens is, you start setting the table, the tables that Jesus flipped, you start setting them back up. And what the church is good at doing is producing people who can manage, manage, grab them up, grab them up, grab them up, grab them, quick, quick, man, move fast, manage. There you go. They're sin. They're carrying this, but they can keep it on the table. So when they walk into church, how you doing? I'm doing good. When the altar call is given, I ain't got nothing. I mean, everything's good in my life. But what happens is we begin to slowly, with every, every decision of compromise, the very thing, That Jesus flipped over and ran out. Bring me some. Bring me some. We start setting them up. And at first it's manageable. But you know what happens? Just like I told you Jesus. Doesn't just come to move in and stay in a corner like a dog. Sin doesn't come just to move in and stay in the corner. Sin wants to take over your life. What happens is, yeah, you're doing a good job. Stack them. What happens is, what become manageable, that's pretty manageable. But what happens is, it never stays that way. Starts, get up top there. Get up top there. There you go. Put it up there. Jinga, Jinga, Jinga. Put it up there. Oh, I wouldn't stand on that table. Okay. Just try to throw them up there. Don't, don't hurt yourself. Well, that's what happens, though. Y'all are laughing, but that's what I'm trying to show you. It's not manageable. You get to a place where you're trying to cover your tracks here and there. And look over your back all the time, making sure you got everything covered, that you got the brows are clear. Nobody can see what you've searched and where you've been and that person you've been laying up with. you try to get everything settled because you don't want nobody to know. But you know what happens? Sin becomes unmanageable. You try to hold it all together, keep it together. What happens is things get turned upside down. Life starts to get turned upside down. You were doing good for a little while. This is hard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're trying to live like this, this is so hard. And there's Christians in here that are trying to live like this. And you're tired. You've been covering your tracks. You've been telling everybody you're good, but you aren't good. You are not okay. And you're not fooling nobody. You can fool me, I ain't nobody. You can fool this church, we ain't nobody. There's one person that you cannot fool, and he is everything. And he is Jesus Christ. He knows everything about you. And here's the crazy thing that Satan does. He tries to keep us from confessing our sin to managing our sin. Managing it. I'll look at porn, but I'm not a porn addict. I'll just look at it every now and then, I'm not an addict, but I mean, I just need this to work, to, 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 to work and to be, to, 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 you know, to be efficient. I, I need it. No, you're an addict. Okay, you go to work, you clock in and you get up, you're a managing Addict. Okay, I I know y'all are all looking at this one, right? Gluttony. Pastor ain't going to say nothing about that one. Yeah, I am. It's sin. And you know what? It's not just sin. It must be pretty important because in the Word of God, it's one of the seven deadly sins. complacency, just not today, just I, I don't have time, or I can do it, it's okay. And with each decision of it's okay, life becomes unmanageable. It's only a white lie. No, it's, it's a lie. And it's dishonest. And it's sin. And the more you tell, the more you're going to have to remember and the more weight you're going to be carrying on your shoulders. See, what I believe today is in the church that we got a lot of people who are weighed down. I'll never forget. I heard a preacher preach a message. I really want you to hear me out just... You don't hear anything I say, I'm ending, I'm coming to a close. I want you to hear this. This pastor got up and he said, If you don't handle, he was if you don't handle these things in your life, because you do have the power of the Holy Spirit to lay aside these things. If you don't handle these things, they're going to handle you. And if he got it, it got even better. He said, if you don't deal with this, and you better listen to me now. If you don't deal with this privately, God will deal with you publicly. Have you ever thought why some sin is blasted everywhere for everyone to see it? And have you ever looked at that person and thought, "I can't believe they have done that"? Huh? Maybe it's someone prominent in your city, in this city, or somebody on TV or a, a, a preacher. Oh, we love to get on them, and thought, "I can't believe they were doing that." Yet, what if our sin was blasted on a billboard? Because I don't know about you, because I've got some stuff that I I, 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 thank God God has dealt with me privately. Anybody in here? That God didn't blast it out for everybody to see? Because he could have. And if he'd done it, he would have been perfect in all his ways. But he chose not to. Once again, here he is in his grace and his mercy and his love. And he's saying, take it to me. Bring it to me. See, I can't carry this on my own. It's too heavy. So what I do is I take it to the altar. The altar. I take it to. I can't carry it. I can't handle greed. So I take it to the altar, and I lay it there. I leave it there. I la- huh? We used to sing a song. It said, in, in, "It's in the redback hymnal." It says, "Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord, and leave it there. If you trust and." Never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. And that's what he's wanting us to do, is leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it. At the, don't try to carry it around. Don't try to manage it. Take it to the cross. You know, this altar. I was looking at it at a certain angle. I caught it the other day at a certain angle. The light was. Sh- I can see it right now. The light was shining. Just come here, look at me, gentlemen. I'm lying. Look down. Oh, get down. Look right here. <laughs> look, at, look at that bottom. You see the, the tear stains? Can you see it? Get where you can see it. See the light? I can see it right here. See little drops? Do you see it? You don't see it? Can you see? You're a terrible illustration. Can you say you see it? Okay, he sees it. Just in the spirit. It's in the spirit. You'll see it later. I can see it. I don't know. I guess he's got to be right where I'm at. But even right here, I can see it. Snot and tears covering. Stand right here where I'm at. Now look down on that altar. You don't see those stink? Oh yeah. Now you see them, don't you? This is sometimes the scariest place. Because when we come down here, we know something's got to die. Altar is a place of sacrifice where something has to die. It's a scary place. But you know what? It's the most grace-filled place. You'll find no more grace than at the altar, than at the foot of Jesus. You'll find no more, you'll find grace no more stronger and and more strength and supply than at the altar. I heard this story of this, 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 in this church, they were The deacons, they were making fun of someone who would go down to the altar every week and they'd say, can you believe so and so? He goes down to that altar every week. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I see him going to that altar. And then the other one said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him. I ain't been to the altar in 20 years. Yeah. That's the problem. And I ain't, I ain't saying you gotta get down to this altar but you gotta make an altar in your heart and in your life. A regular place where it's an attitude an altar is an attitude of where you say I must die. So that you can live less of me and more of you. I can't carry around this stuff anymore. I can't carry it around. God, I got to give it to you. Have you set some tables up in your life? The second cleansing, listen, is this. Now that you've been saved, you've been filled with His Spirit, and the Bible says you have the power to lay aside every weight that so easily ensnares you. You don't need me to lay hands on you. You don't need us to do a rain dance around you. We don't need to pray, 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 pray over you. No, you know what you need to do? You need to lay it down. If you're a child of God, if you're a born again believer, you say, you say, you say, you say, compromise, you have no place in my life, and take it to the altar and lay it down. If you leave out of here this morning, bound up in bondage and in chains, it's your own fault this morning. Stand with me all across this building. Musicians, singers, come. Hurry, guys. But let me ask you, do you love it? Because here's the thing, nobody leave. stay with me just a minute. Here's the thing. You know what will keep you from laying this down? Are y'all listening to me right now? Because you love it. I could tell you some kind of lie. You just got issues and problems, and it's just the way you're born and all this. But let me tell you something. If you don't lay it down, it's because you love it more than you love God. I wish I could say it differently than that. But you love it more than you love God. You can't lay it down until you, until you hate it. Until you hate sin. We've become a church that gives sin place. We manage it now. We compartmentalize it now. We say, it's bad, but it's not that bad, and we give it place in our lives. This morning, get those tables and put them up on that stage, somebody. The table, will you get it for me? That table, put it up on stage, give them room. I want to open these altars this morning. Thank you. we we'll bring them boxes. Put them up here. I'm asking you this morning two altar calls. Here's the first one. If you don't know Jesus, are you ready? I'm not, be- I'm not, I, well, I will beg you. We know that. Get them up there. Get them up there. They're just boxes, just throw them. Yep, put it up there. That's good, thank you. If you don't know Jesus, you say, boy, this looks like a mess. Cause it is. But this is the place <laughs> where mess meets miracle. Mess meets the master. This is the place. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This ain't that kind of message. See, here's why we can take our sin and be forgiven. is because over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died for us and instead of us. On the cross, he bore all of our sin, our shame, all of it upon his body. So that we could go free. We broke the law. He paid the fine. What was the fine? Death. The wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus died with all of our sins upon his body on the cross. And on the third day, we'll talk about it next week, he rose again. Defeating death, hell, grave, porn, addiction, grief, Gluttony, slothfulness, complacency, compromise, dishonesty, lust, fear, all these things. He he took them upon himself on the cross. So what I'm asking you right now this morning is if you don't know Jesus, look at me real good. Hear me real good. If you don't know Jesus today... I'm asking if you're not sure where you'd spend eternity. I'm gonna stand right here, and I, if you don't know where you'd spend eternity, where you would live if you died today, where you where you take your next breath, if you don't know, you can know. Maybe you do know. Maybe you'd say, "I know where I'm gonna spend eternity. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend eternity in hell." If you don't, and you will you haven't received forgiveness, if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm asking you right now, if you don't know Jesus, hear me really good. If you have any doubts, if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, you are not sure where you'd spend eternity, I want you to come down to this altar right here here in front of me because I want to lead you to Jesus. You say, boy, that's, oh my gosh, that would be so embarrassing. I can't do that, pastor. You don't understand. This is life or death. You wouldn't be the first. I can't tell you how many people I have led to Jesus Christ. How many people I've seen come to the Lord right here. What will people think about me? They'll think you made the best decision of your life. They'll rejoice with you. They'll celebrate with you. They'll cry with you. They'll rejoice with you. They'll laugh with you. Whatever you want, they're going to do it with you. So right now, if you don't know Jesus... Man, I'd get out of that, where I'd get out of that seat. I wouldn't let no chair, I wouldn't let no person, I wouldn't let pride, I wouldn't let my ego, I wouldn't let nothing fear, I wouldn't let embarrassment, I wouldn't let nothing keep me from getting things right with God today. What I'm going to ask you to do, this is what we do here at Remnant, it's become a thing. We're going to to do it. I want you to be a friend to somebody. In the Bible, there was a paralyzed man. He couldn't get to Jesus, but Jesus was right down the road. He had four good friends. The four good friends got him, took, got him showered up, put his clothes on him, put him on the stretcher, took him to where Jesus was, got there. The house was full. The man probably said, just turn around and let me go back home. But you know what? These were four really good friends, friends who loved Jesus. That's right. Come on. Friends who love Jesus and, and all this. And so, You know what? You know what? They got Jesus. You go stand up. Perfect. They got Jesus. Excuse me. They got the man who was paralyzed and took him to where Jesus was. The house was full. They couldn't get him in. So they said, one of the friends said, well, go through the roof. Drop Jesus. we'll drop him down, the paralyzed man down to the roof right in front of Jesus. And you know what Jesus done? Healed him and saved him. So what I'm asking you right now is, ones already came. I'm asking you to be a friend to somebody. I want you to ask the person next to you if you need to go down to that altar. I'll go with you right now. Ask them, take them by the hand this morning. Take them by the hand this morning. Take them by the hand this morning. And if they need to come, bring them down here this morning. Anybody? Anybody else? Come on. <laughs> it, ain't it ain't the spotlight. on you. Thank you. Thank you. It ain't on you. It's on Jesus. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Come to get saved today. Believe in Jesus. Have Him forgive you of your sins. Give you a new life. A life worth living. You, 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 you. I want to talk to you just for a second, like there ain't nobody else in this room. Because right now, this is the greatest miracle that could ever take place in your life. What is it, Pastor? What is it, Caleb? This is what it is. You're born into this world, you're born in as a sinner. This is no if, ands, or buts about it. This is not, this is not my persuasion, or just something I think's a good idea. This is fact, because I've received it in my own life. I understand it, I know it to be true. When you were born into this world, You were born into sin. You never had to sin. You never had to do anything wrong. You were born into sin because that's just the way it was. But it happened with Adam and Eve. They committed sin. Every person, offspring of Adam and Eve, born into sin. But God wasn't finished. God had a plan. And God gave us Jesus. Hadn't you ever thought, man, I want to be better. I want to be a better person. Have you ever thought that? there's some things in my life i don't like it in my life and i want to be a better person but you keep on trying and you keep on trying and it don't work does it it doesn't get better it seems like the more you try the harder it gets don't it it seems like that thing just grabs you even more pulls you down even more weighs you down even more because you can't do it by yourself that's why god gave us jesus and jesus born of a virgin came down to this world lived perfectly for 33 years 3 years he would do ministry from 30 to 33 the last thing he would do for us living a perfect life but he would go to a cross and die for us nails in his hands and in his feet beat scourged a terrible death why because our sin is terrible but he, he knew, who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. And he died on the cross. And right up to the very end, he said, it is finished. You know what he was talking about? He was talking about sin's penalty. You know what the wages of sin is? Death, death. That's why Jesus had to die. And he would scream. Now, he, he was choking and he was drowning in his own fluid on the cross. That's, about how, that's how you die. He was, he was suffering. And he would and Pull up one last time and get a breath of air and say, it is finished. salvation now all you have to do is believe on him believe that he died for you and here's the best part instead of you should have been my cross should have been your cross but Jesus took that cross ain't it good and he died for you and then he rose again now all you got to do you want to live forever you want to be saved? You want to be born again? You want to, be to become a new creation? All your past, your failures, anybody got any regret? Any things in the past that you wish you wouldn't have done? Wish you wouldn't. Lord, I'm dealing with you, man. Wish you have, wish you wouldn't have done wish you wouldn't have said things you could wish you could go back and fix but you can't fix them jesus christ said i'll wipe them away quit trying to fix them quit trying to make it right i'll wash it away i'll cleanse you i'll erase your past i'll make a brand new person out of you hallelujah if you'll just believe i wish you could see what i can see. if you could just believe on him that's all you got to do you want to do it i want to give you the rundown real quick just to make sure you knew what you was getting into when you done it this is going to change your life. Ready to pray, church? Ready to pray? And let's all pray together. If you believe this prayer and you pray it, you will walk out of here a brand new woman, a brand new man. Let's say it together. Say, Lord, Lord here I am. Here I, am. I, heard what the preacher said, I heard what the preacher said. And I believe it. I believe, it. I, believe I believe you died for me. You took all my sins. You paid the price. You died for me and instead of me. And now I place my trust in you. I give you my life. I give you my sin. Forgive me, God. I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. I receive your love. And I believe today because of your goodness. I am saved. I turn away from my old life. I turn away from sin. And I'm gonna live for you. In Jesus' name. Say amen. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Hey, listen. What's your name? Dalton? Dalton, Dalton you just got saved. Dalton just got saved. What's your name? Stephanie, you just got saved. What's your name? Chris. Chris, I knew that. Chris, you just got saved. What's your name? Huh? Adeline, Addie, you just got saved. What's your name? Jenna, just got saved. I wish somebody would give God a shout. Listen, what they're going to do now, it ain't nothing scary. I just want you to fill that out. We want to give you something. and You just got to fill that card out, all right? Let me tell you something. This is the greatest miracle of all. And I sing five of them today with my own eyes. i seen it, i seen it, i seen it. Let me tell you something. I want you to be getting ready because this coming weekend we haven't seen nothing. We haven't I'm telling you, I'm believing for 150 souls to give their life to Christ. Let me tell you what you need to do now. Your very next step is to go to new believers. It's tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. I teach it so you know it's going to be good. I want you to be there. I want you to be there if all possible. Listen, I want you to start praying and inviting. They're going to give y'all set up. The connector's set up to give out those cards. They're going to give you a I Have Decided card. Remember what to do with it. Pray for it. Bring it back Friday. They're also going to give you an invite card. said, come to church with us Easter Sunday, Good Friday, or Saturday. And I want you to take a bunch of those. And I want you to hand them out. I want you to put them on your co-worker's desk. I want you to email, take a picture of it, email it. Do whatever you got to do. Invite people here. Meet us here. Uh, Friday, the doors open at six thirty. Bring somebody with you. I love you so much. God bless you. I'm praying for you. There ain't nothing you can do about it. Have a great week. Go ahead, band. Take us out. You know my life, you have it. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.